Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode of Oldie But a Goodie is brought to you by Shakespeare Aliens. The Runaway Stage Show hit is back at Gasworks Theatre for Melbourne Fringe this October. Keep listening to this episode for more info on how you can see Shakespeare Aliens. Imagine a year where a movie is The Witcher meets The Lone Ranger, but it's French and has martial arts? That's very specific. What year is that, Sandra? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. And welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. Oh, it's October. It's a spooky time as we watch movies through 2001 in the order they came out in. And we're doing nothing but horror movies for this month. My name is Sandro. I'm joined by Zach. And Zach is feeling arty. Uh, what? Yes. No, you were saying that right before we started recording, how artistic you were feeling. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, absolutely. I've been... Loving them arts. Which is quite weird, because we're not doing an art movie today, so I don't know why you are acting oh, well, like it's you're- French, therefore it's artsy. <laughs> oh, I see, you were just being racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're talking about The Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is a French movie about fighting the French. Um, I mean, <laughs> the technically. French. <laughs> technically correct, actually. <laughs> this is the intro we're going with, Great. Nope, I'm cutting all this. <laughs> No, it was great. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Keep it in. This week we're talking about, yeah, the Brotherhood of the Wolf. Uh, I don't know. It's like horror action, kind of, but political. Yeah, it's just The Witcher. This whole movie's just The Witcher. Anyway, we're joined by Ben, who hasn't consumed any Witcher media. Hi. I haven't consumed any witch. No, I. That's the. That's incorrect. One time, I watched our mutual friend David play The Witcher for about ten minutes on PlayStation. <laughs> oh. oh, nice. So technically, I've I have consumed some Witcher media. Wow, and you know what they say: once you go Witcher, you never go back. Yeah, I have never gone back to The Witcher. No, it's true. <laughs> that's true. Except apparently by watching Brotherhood of the Wolf. This is just The Witcher, but it's French. It's the same thing. Well, there you go. Like it's it's because The Witcher is James Bond, but he's on a horse. <laughs> okay, I have a, I have a lot of. He's like a lot of queries for that statement. He's like he's like a bounty hunter, and he's you know he's seducing all the ladies, and he's you know getting all the money. Yeah, but James Bond isn't a bounty hunter. He <laughs> specifically works for the Queen. Yeah, but there weren't any spies back in the medieval days. The closest what? thing. Was- <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> this logic. There were no spies in the medieval. Oh yeah, spies were invented in 1962 <laughs> yeah, yeah. when the first James. <laughs> They Bond were. Film they were. James, yeah. Bond. James Bond, first ever spy. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Come on. What a, what podcast even is this? First we have the, the f- 
laughing it's oddy because it's french and now we have there were no spies in the medieval period okay and now uh. i see why you keep getting me on it's so that so that you can learn something <laughs> don't don't tell me that you believe those J.R.R. Tolkien lies, that Brad Dorif was a medieval spy. That's not true oh. at all. Brad Dorif is an actor. He's not a medieval spy. <laughs> ah, but he played a medieval spy in, oh, in okay. Lord of the Rings. All right. Okay. Well, if it happened in the Lord of the Rings, that means that it's real. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Ben, what Hi. did you think of Brotherhood of the Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, overall, I would say I swayed on the positive side. Uh, mm. There were large tracts of this that um, seemed a little bit uh, on the same level as each other. Uh, I wasn't quite engaged the whole way through, but it was a really pretty film. Um, there was some really nice action sequences, um, some yeah, imaginative uh, horror elements. Uh, and I, I quite like the cast, but yeah, overall, I wasn't hugely entertained, uh, but I, I liked it mm. vaguely. Was not entertained. Interesting, interesting. Zach, what did you think of Brotherhood of the Long Movie? Uh, well, I might have a controversial opinion. Oh, no, you don't like the French? <laughs> uh, <laughs> stop putting words in my mouth. First off, I love the French. I think their cheese is fantastic. Keep on that, boys. Mm. Um, <laughs> but this film, I loved even more. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I really like this film. I'm surprised. I did not expect this to be such a like a like a witcheresque sort of film, like an action film where you got your your hero and a sidekick going around dealing with some weird fucking bullshit. Um, and it was it was a good time. I'll definitely st- say it was quite long. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it could lose your interest, like Ben said, where you're just like, all right, get, get to the bit where we're doing the film, you know? It's long in the way that, like, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are long, where there's yeah. just a bunch of, like, oh, fancy parties for 20 minutes. Mm, yeah. That don't really matter. It's all, there's there's a bit of fluff, bit of padding, which might have been unnecessary, uh, but I quite enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it quite a lot. And I think as well, the, the original plan for the, this episode was we would also get Sandy on, a uh, friend of the show, mm. Sandy, who was last on Princess Bride, I think. Yeah. She was going to come through as well. Unfortunately, we couldn't make it happen, but I reckon she would have loved this as well. I feel like she would have enjoyed this film. Yeah, it would have been nice to uh, nice to chat to her about this film. I feel like you have failed on the logistics front, Sandra and Zach. <laughs> what? Uh, so, Sandy, if if you're listening to this, um, it's Sandra and Zach's fault, and you should come at them with a silver bullet. No, I think it's I think it's uh, all of our employers' faults. Uh, wait, no. I employ myself. Fuck. Uh, I'm going to say I'm employed by you, Sandra. So it's all your fault. Oh, fuck. It's all your fault, Sandro. <laughs> Uh, I thought this movie was pretty fun. Um, very silly, but also takes itself seriously. So just like The Witcher, it's very dumb, but also a lot of fun. I didn't think the historical aspects, because they try and like tie it into the French Revolution. I don't think that really worked. <laughs> that part didn't really work for me, but... It, it, it's only like at the start and the end, though, right? Yeah, that was the framing. That was the framing device, but also yeah. it was the framing device, but also it was it, like the you know the central thematics of the film involving you know the the royalty having some secret society. Yeah, exactly. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah, that's true because you got this cult. So it sort of leads into it. It was yeah. like, well, they had their time under the 
chopping block, and now it's our turn. You know? Yeah, it's it's mm. weird though because it paints that whole like revolution as a very bad thing. Well, I don't think it does. It's just <sighs> okay. Who are the bad guys in the film? <laughs> The bad guys are the royal, the royalists who are the secret society. Yeah. Yeah, who's going to overthrow the king. That was their whole thing, right? No, but that was different. That wasn't the populace who was, who was doing it. That was like the, the rich aristocrats. Yeah, but then at the end of the movie, it shows the like main character. Well, one of the main characters, which we know and love, to be murdered by this crowd of angry people. Yeah, but he was he was like, oh, that's fair enough. It's my time to go. Yeah, but that doesn't mean us as an audience want him to die. I don't think it's. I don't think it has to be so cut and dry. I think. I. I don't think it was portrayed as a bad thing. I. I think it was just like portrayed as a fact. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. yeah. And the character was just like resigned to his fate as a rich man in the late 18th century. I thought it was quite weird how Russell Crowe was in the crowd and he was singing though. That really. <laughs> took me out of it and then like Hugh Jackman was there as well yeah that's right the only thing about the French Revolution that's ever been made yes the 2012 movie Les Miserable People mm. scene that's right <laughs> the um only piece of Les Les Miserables yes that's ever been made that's the only one Anyway, before we get into some of the plot of this movie, and there's a lot of plot to go through, but also a lot of not plot as well, Mm. um, in that there's a bunch of filler in the movie. Um, uh, Zach, what else did I have to pick from this week in 2001 media? Well, uh, Sandro, me lad. Hello. Me boy. (laughs) (laughs) You had a few options this week. We have bandits. Two bank robbers, one played by Bruce Williams, fall in love <laughs> with a girl Bruce, they've kidnapped. Williams. Bruce Willis, sorry, my bad. Oh, yeah. And then they fall in love with a kidnapped girl that they kidnapped, played by uh, Kate uh, Blanchett. I tell you what, if it, if it was Bruce Williams, I probably would have picked it, but if it was bloody <laughs> Bruce Willis, I'll yeah, tell you yeah, what, oh, what a... Oh, yuck. I feel like that could have been a good one. That was directed by Barry Levinson, um, who also did Good Morning Vietnam. Corky Romando. I'm sorry, what? Romando. That, where's the D in that? <sighs> Corky Romano. <laughs> a vet is forced by his mother's family to uh, infiltrate the FBI and steal evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Chris Kattan movie. I, I couldn't care less. Peter Fox in it. Yeah, but he's not going to save that movie. No, probably not. <laughs> Chris Kattan's in it. And I only know him from Settlers. Of, anyway, <laughs> that's a that's a joke for the for our board gamers. <laughs> I love love me a bit of Catan, boys. Uh, Halloween Town Two, Calabar's Revenge, Disney Channel movie about spells and magic books and Halloween. Ooh. Nah, we're not ready for more Disney Channel. I'm saving that for <laughs> Christmas. Wink. Maholland Drive. Ooh. David Lynch's very normal movie. About an actress moving to LA. That's a good one. It is a good one. I would have picked that one. My first mister. Uh, team becomes friends with a clothing store manager. I feel like that's selling it a bit short. I've I've seen I've seen this film and it's really good. Albert Brooks is the clothing store manager and he's he's quite like he's, he plays this sort of repressed but troubled man and then the teen is you know going through some tough times and it's all it, it's really good. I recommend that. Oh, that that sounds nice. 
Yeah. And boring to talk about. Sounds lame. <laughs> Boo. Get it out of here. All right. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of boring and lame, it's Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. I didn't realize there was a crossover between Scooby-Doo and Cyber Chase. Yeah. The, uh, the kids show Cyber Chase. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And the kids show Scooby-Doo. Yes. Well, Scooby-Doo's a family show, I think, actually. All right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the, the gang get trapped in a video game and they have to fight an evil virus. It's Scooby-Doo. Everyone's watched Scooby-Doo. Everyone loves Scooby-Doo. But everyone's already watched Scooby-Doo. It's um, actually the last Scooby-Doo movie uh, to be produced by the original Hannah and Barbera people. The last good Scooby-Doo film as well. Uh, it's about a video game. I wouldn't say good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one. I'm just trying to be controversial. You were doing it at the start. Now I'm trying to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, they'll, they'll, we'll get into some information about Brotherhood of the Wolf. This was released January 31st in France, but we don't give a shit because we're going by the American release date <laughs> which was at the Austin Film Festival on the 11th of October uh-huh. so that's our excuse for watching it Ben is this a horror film does it does it make sense to come out in the spooky month yeah yeah uh, I think so I it's it's definitely a, a, a number of genres you know I'd put it in action ad- and adventure uh, but also I think I think there's enough of a horror element to call it a horror film and, yes. and mm. put it in the October month. Yes. Definitely quite gory in points. Yeah, and there's some there's some you know frightening sequences with the beast and things. Mm. And there's some scary CGI. Yeah, the CGI is terrifying. I actually it's weird that like this might be the best CGI we've seen all year. <laughs> it was and it, it came from uh, the Jim Henson company. Oh, that makes sense then. Oh, there you go. Well, no, actually no, not the CGI, the animatronics did ah the animatronics came from jim henson yeah because they they only use the cgi for the monster like when it's going around on screen being terrifying and then like they obviously mix that up with a bit of animatronics which always helps yeah yeah it was a mixture of both but it wasn't uh uh too too bad yeah cg stuff that they did uh, actually worked quite well um i feel like you could you could easily like I don't know, remake this film slightly and just do over the CGI and this would be perfectly fine to be done nowadays, you know. In the Cannes Film Festival, there was a 4K remastered version uh, that, that came out this year, but I don't know, we didn't watch that one, <laughs> but it might be better. Mm, I don't know. It, I, I think this was just the the Blu-ray version. So I, it, I think it looked pretty good. Uh, this is directed and co-written by Christoph. Gans or Gans, it's probably Gans actually. Mm. Uh, he he was a film critic turned horror and fantasy director. You can kind of, whenever a film critic becomes a director, you can kind of tell. You can kind of tell just based off the material. Um, and he did a good job. He he made this, and then he went to Hollywood. Wrote and directed the 2006 Silent Hill movie, uh, which didn't do well because it's based off a video game. <laughs> um, but he is returning to Silent Hill next year to make another film in that world. Uh, and and I mean, like watching this, I'm like, yeah, there's elements of like Silent Hill here. There's elements of Assassin's Creed mm. in this. I mean, the movie came out before Assassin's Creed, but like he could probably make a good Assassin's Creed movie. There's a lot of Assassin's Creed oh, type yeah. stuff in this film too. The action scenes were pretty fun. Yeah. Like when it at the end, when he pulled out the two swords and just did a flip, flip, oh, yeah. flip with them. Yeah. It was like, oh shit. 
Things are really turning up to 11, huh? And there was a moment when they went into some ruins and were like, there was a lot of death here. Look at that Templar sigil. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, the Templars are in Assassin's Creed. Anyway, for the cast, we've got Samuel Lee Behan. Samuel Le Bihan. As a Knight Gregory. Grégoire de Fransac. Yes. Uh, he's mainly done a lot of French movies, none that I recognized, but he did. Uh, do some voices for the French dub of Cars. So that's funny. <laughs> nice. What vital information. I'm glad you've done your research. <laughs> yes. Did you Have you seen anything with him in it, Ben? Um, I haven't, but um, there's a film with uh, that he's in uh, that's on my what? Oh, no, actually, no, I have. He was in Three Colors Red. I just saw that and I was like, oh, I have seen that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he was also in um, Public Enemy Number 1. Uh, which is second part of a um, like a two part biopic, I suppose, about M- Marine, who was a French gangster. Mm. Um, I believe, I think he was, yeah, he was portrayed by Vincent Cassel. So okay. there you go. But yeah, he was in Three Colors Red, which was the final mm-hmm. one in that trilogy. That was a pretty good one. I like that one. Um, you've also got Vincent Cassel. He plays Jean Francois. Uh, he's in uh, Westworld, he's in the Oceans movies, he's in Black Swan. He's in Eastern Promises, he's in Lion. Oh, I don't know why you're Lion. Tell me the truth, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. He's in Irreversible, he's, you know, he's, he's a very well-known actor. I'd say very talented as well. Yeah, he's good. Uh, speaking of the movie Irreversible by Gaspar No, Monica Belushi is also in this. Uh, she's also in Dracula and a bunch of other stuff, but she's in this too. She plays uh, the the mysterious, mystical person in the brothel. That's who she plays. Like the fortune teller slash secret agent? Mm, secret agent for the Pope. Spoilers. Yes. <laughs> Spoilers. She's a spy. And she was married to Vincent Cassel for... for a short while. Oh, there you go. Oh, she was in Matrix as well. That that makes sense because the action in this is very similar. There is an actor, a French actor, who's called Jeremy Renier. Yes. And he looks like Jeremy Renner, but it's not Jeremy Renner. No, it's not him. Yeah, he's uh, Marquise, uh, who's, who's the narrator of the movie. Yeah. He also, I think he might have started acting as a teen and he's he's belgian and he's been in a couple of the uh Dardenne brothers films um such as the promise la promesse and l'enfant the child uh both of which are really really good films and uh, he was also in in bruges there's emile de Quen. she plays marianne uh this is only her second ever movie after winning awards with rosetta oh yeah rosetta which is another uh Dardenne brothers film uh, and there's also Mark Dacascus, martial artist guy. Uh, he's from Hawaii Five-0. He's the bad guy in John Wick 3, I think. He's, uh, Marnie, the, um, the sidekick in this movie. He's really good as well. I really liked him. He did a good job. Oh, yeah. He was great fun. Zach liked him so much, he's changed his Skype profile <laughs> picture. <laughs> I just thought he had a really good stare, you know? He just looks <laughs> <laughs> like a... Half of his film time is him just looking at other main characters while they're talking to him. <laughs> and finally, uh, the voice of the beast is <laughs> D. Bradley Baker, who's all the clones. 
He's all the clones in Star Wars. What? All the animated oh, Star Wars crazy. stuff. He plays the clones with his definitely not a New Zealand accent, but it's really good, so no one cares. Mm. Uh, yeah, he plays the beast. The vocal effects. Well, that's the most important character in the film, so good on him. <laughs> it is the the wolf that is the brotherhood of... What? <laughs> uh, well, the film, Sandra, is actually called Brotherhood of the Wolf, you what? see. What? Yeah, it was actually a joke on uh, on old Ben's part here. I thought this movie was called The French Revolution and there's a werewolf in it, but not really. <laughs> nah, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, there's quite a few, uh, I should save it for later, but there's quite a few reviews that call this a werewolf film. It's not. It's not really. <laughs> it, it's kind of a werewolf film, sort of. It's kind of, yeah. But if you watch the film, it's not a werewolf film. This movie has 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, 78% audience score too. The audiences and critics both love this, which is surprising considering it's usually the other way around for movies sometimes. Um, no cinema score on this one, but it does have a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. A lot of critics were like, it's fun and entertaining. Doesn't, the logic is kind of silly. It's a silly <laughs> movie, but it's pretty fun. I, what? No. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people saying it's really fun. It cost $49 million. Benjamin Volchok, what do you think this made in the worldwide box office? Uh, well, I actually, just to buck a trend, I didn't look this up <laughs> beforehand this time. Oh, I was, I was just waiting for you to say I accidentally <laughs> looked it up again. Accidentally? Oh. No, I, I, uh, I accidentally didn't look it up this time. Whoa. Damn it. I don't know. I, I want to say like 150. I'm, I'm going to put uh, my my foot out and go a bit higher because I quite enjoyed this film. I'm going to say I'm going to go 300 mil. This made worldwide 70 million, Ooh. which you might be like, oh, that's a lot less than I guessed. But this movie uh, has subtitles and mm. um, uh, people hate that. True. So that's actually pretty good yeah. for a movie with subtitles. <laughs> what? People are Amer- American. A lot of people hate reading subtitles. You wanted to say Americans there, but then you remember that's where the bulk of your audience base is. <laughs> I know what you're doing. A lot of Amer- I mean, people hate reading. Zach, stop insulting the French like that. Uh, yeah, sorry, French. We've been, we've been a bit <laughs> mean to you this week. That's a, uh, it's a pretty good number, actually. I think that's a really solid number. Uh, and uh, t- t- to help this movie make money, there was a tagline. Ooh. Oh, no. Tell, tell us the sweet tagline. I'm a French man and I'm fighting wolves. So that's not the tagline. <laughs> um- <laughs> Shut up, Sancho. <laughs> is very stupid. The tagline is... The year is 1766. The hunt for a killer has begun. Oh. I like how that says killer and not like beast or anything. Mm. Which kind of hints at the uh, the film's plot there. So there you go. I like it. Uh, I like that tagline in that it it's like it's it's very vaguely intriguing, but I, it also feels like an elevator pitch. It it doesn't really feel like a tagline to me. Yeah. Interesting. And now for, for the real question, is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho a slasher, Ben? <laughs> um, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, it's a murder mystery. It's not a slasher because there's only one victim. Well, there's multiple victims, but um, it's not a, like a serial killing, I guess, mm. in the same sense of like you don't see it on screen. 
But is Halloween a slasher? Yeah. No, it's a proto-slasher. No, no, it's a slasher. No, it's the first one, though, so it's not really a slasher, it's just a horror no, film. No, I feel like that doesn't- Oh my no, god, get a- to the fucking plot already of this movie, <laughs> <laughs> for God's sake. This entire conversation was made to annoy Zach. Blood and Black Lace is a oh proto-slasher. Mario Bava made the proto-slasher in Blood and Black Lace, but- it was that was in 1964. 1964, sure. But then, like, is Black Christmas a proto slasher <laughs> or is it the first Black one? Black Christmas yeah. is the first one. Yes. <laughs> but Black Christmas is also just a Giallo movie, but it's in English. I wish I would be slashed right about now. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, like, prices at a discount store. William Shakespeare is known for writing many different styles of plays. He did tragedy, he did comedy, he did tragedy mixed with comedy. But he never did science fiction. From the mind of Rob Lloyd and the pen of Keith Gow comes a play that aims to fix that. Shakespeare Aliens. It's James Cameron's Aliens, live on stage in the style of William Shakespeare. After a hit run of shows during the start of the year, we're back this October for the Melbourne Fringe Festival. Join us for an hour of action, tension and puppetry as our cast of characters try to escape the horrors of LV426. Featuring performances from friends of the show Cassandra Hart, Danny McGinley... Oh, my God! <laughs> the two voices you're hearing right now... Hi, we're Zach and Law. As well as direction from frequent guest Rob Lloyd. As an oldie, I take offence to that. And sound design from one of the hosts of this show. Do I do commercial radio promo voice? No. Shakespeare Aliens at the Melbourne Fringe Festival. That's October 11th to October 15th, 9pm at Gasworks Theatre. Head to melbournefringe.com.au for more, or check out the link in the episode description. Let's get into the plot of Brotherhood of the Fall. Hey, is this movie a slasher? No. Because we see the beast slashing up some chicks. Actually, know? good point. The movie does open with, like, a slashery <laughs> sort of start, where we it just does. see a random woman being killed. <laughs> yeah, that is a slashery start. She's, like, running, and she trips down a hill, right? And then she, like, goes to fall off a cliff, but then something grabs her at the bottom of the cliff and just keeps, like, hitting her against the side of the... Yeah, that was a strong start. I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is... The- this started off strong. Damn. It was kind of silly. Oh, yeah, very silly. <laughs> it was a silly death. <laughs> no, but that's it. It sort of sets the tone, where it's got this, like, bloody violence, but also this ridiculousness. Yeah. Which, of course, we've mentioned is quite like The Witcher. But also, I like in this that this film isn't based in any sort of fantasy. It's not fantasy. It's sort of fantasful, mm-hmm. as it were. Like, all of this could happen in real life, quotation marks. Mm. Where you've got this mysterious demon beast, but it's actually just probably a lion in armour. That sort of thing where they he, he pulls out this fish with fur and it's like, haha, strange things. Oh, no, it's just taxidermied, lol. Yeah. So it has has the sort of like, it feels fantasiful, but it, 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 it it's more based in reality. Whereas, of course, the Witcher is just like, oh, yeah, I'm fighting a giant witch spider thing. Yeah, but with the Witcher, and I know this because I've read the books, um, unlike most people, because I am cool like that. Uh-huh. The books wow. are like, yes, there's a dragon, 
But it's also like like he'll go up against a beast and then be like, oh, this was just a ruse for this thing to happen. Like, sure, a sorcerer might have created the beast. It's not like what the ending of this movie is, which is more based in reality. But it's still, at the end of the day, it's all about people and what they do. It's not, oh, I'm just fighting a random ghost. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also because so much of the film was like playing on what people believed and- mm. The, the you know the myths and legends that were created then I, I think it makes sense for this film to have a kind of fantasy feel even even if the kind of facts of the film end up being uh that 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 it's all just very much explainable by you know real logical yeah uh, yeah happenings and so I, I I quite like the fact that they're playing with all the all of this you know sorcery and yeah yeah demons and, and, and yeah stuff. it's very cool I I like that a lot as as well because it, it like it could happen in real life the sort of strange goings on and demonic cults and other things um and I also like the Witcher where it, it, it's the Witcher is very real. In its fantasy setting. Oh, yeah. Well, it's political satire at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. What would actually happen in this fantasy setting? It's 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 very, uh, like, based in reality fantasy world, but this is based in reality, real reality world. It's based in the history of the world, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is based on, on some uh, real-life uh, occurrences in the, in the region that it's kind of set in. So, uh, we see... Um, the two main characters come in and uh, we have, like, an action scene at the start mm-hmm. where they beat the crap out of, like, some uh, vagabonds, some bandits, potentially. Hooligans. It's the beginning of the uh, of the many scenes of martial arts that occur in this film set in the medieval French countryside. Yes. Mm. The, uh, the Native American character Manny loves, loves to do martial arts and stuff. Um, which mm. I think is really cool. Ben, what was your first reaction when martial arts was on screen? He's flipping around, <laughs> kicking people. <laughs> what did you think? I yeah, I was like, I was not expecting this. <laughs> I <laughs> thought this was just going to be a you know a reg- like I, th- I I knew there was going to be a brawl, but I thought it was just going to be punches and you know. But this was like full blown martial arts. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. I was like. Sure, cool. All right, let's do this. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I was like, oh, shit, this fucking karate going on. What the heck? This is great. I was not expecting this at all. This was very left field. I, I was down, though. I was like, hell yeah. All right, I'm in with your main characters, uh, like, saving these two random people, which, uh, as it turns out, probably weren't worth saving. Uh, yeah. The only character with real plot armor in this film is the girl villain lady <laughs> who for some reason keeps encountering them and keeps living and they're like oh we're not gonna kill this lady why she's bad she's evil late i i don't it was very confusing for me sure yeah mm. it's that c- confused by pacifism um <laughs> god damn it We've got Sir Gregory and and Manny. They're uh, they're riding around. They go into this place called Saint Alban, which was very funny to me because on my old train line there was a station called Saint Alban's. So when they were getting the brief 
from the Lord of the Land, and he was like, yes, the beast has struck near St. Albans. I was like, that's kind of funny, actually. Mm. Oh, that's just down the line. Oh, it's just down my old train station. Yeah, it checks out. Oh, pop down there. Uh, fight a beastie or two, yeah, that's it. They're, then they start going off, they're hunting the beast, uh, there's a corpse and the soldiers have put, like, <laughs> wolf poison inside of it, being like, oh, if the beast goes and eats that, he'll the, the beast will die. And I was like, that's mm. kind of gross, we see some cool uh, effects and, and, and makeup work on the, uh, on the d- dead body. Sandra, what was your reaction to the dead? <laughs> I went, oh my goodness, there's a naked dead body on my screen right now. That's a bit... Um, I didn't think anything. Actually, I'm very desensitized. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this film, this film's stepping it up because we got some gore. Like you see her like stomach innards mm. pouring out. You see. Yeah, Ben, what did you think of her stomach innards? More like outards. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you see, Sandro, the joke is he's actually changed. More neck. like outards. <laughs> hey, Sandra, what was your reaction to that joke? <laughs> Uh, I like I like the um, the soldiers and the guy trying to hunt down the beast. How they're like failing, and it's not probably not because of their incompetence as we think at first, but because you know there's an actual man controlling the beast. Yes. So they can't set a trap for a wild beast because the man's going to be like, oh no, that's a trap. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Well, they didn't know it was a man controlling it at first, did they? No, not until halfway through the movie. So at first, we as an audience just think, oh, this guy's an incompetent idiot, you know? He's not not caught this beast over, like, two or three years or whatever they say it is. You know, he's just an idiot. Yes. Now, Ben, what did you think when Zach called a French man an incompetent idiot? (laughs) (laughs) I think Zach should apologise. They go to court and they hang out with a bunch of, like, the royalty. I love the costumes. Uh, It's great costume piece. Yeah, they're pretty great. Um, Gregory instantly... Trying to impress the Count's daughter. I was like, this is just Geralt. Mm. This is just horny Mr. Witcher Man. Uh, he brings out, they have a um, they have a dinner. <laughs> he's telling stories of his travels. And he brings out a hairy fish. <laughs> a hairy fish. And someone at the table is like, oh my, the water must be cold. <laughs> <laughs> the old hairy fish gag. I love it. And then he's like instantly like, yeah, actually, no, I made that. It's all fake. I'm just being silly. I'm just a silly man. With my hairy fish. It's because he gets called out by, um, what's his name? The the evil dude. Jean-Francois. Yeah. Jean uh, is like, haha, that's a nice lot of bullshit you're spouting there, bud. And he, and everyone's like, oh, don't, don't insult this poor man. And he's like, oh, no, yeah, it was all bullshit. He got me. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. I loved it. That was good. That was a good bit of banter. Anyway, they go off on a hunt. Ben. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, they went on a hunt. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, I'm gonna have to try harder to segue to Ben next time. <laughs> uh, Jean-Francois reveals that he only hunts with silver bullets. Mm. And our main character is like, Silver bullets, are you afraid of are you afraid of werewolves or something? And he's like, No, I just like to sign my kills. Which is a cool line, if you like violence, but also is a thing on the mantelpiece for later. That's important. Bit of a silver bullet shooting gun on the mantelpiece, wouldn't you say? I actually quite like how the slow reveal of who he is, like all the pieces are laid out 
throughout the movie for you to figure it out on your own. And if you yeah. don't, like, it's like it's pretty hard for you to not figure it out just based off all the mm. evidence that we get throughout the movie. It's, it's uh, like, it's oh, well my arm got mauled by a lion when I went to Africa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, to look at these beasts. You know, those big things that are like wolves, but bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty good. I like yeah. I liked it as well, where you can have in the movie a sort of click moment where you're like, oh, shit, it's this person. It's this and he guy. brought back a fucking lion to maul people. Ben, what did you think of the moment where they kill heaps of dogs on screen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, more like out. <laughs> You want to finish that? Uh, no, I will. I guess it was that they were just like you know they'd found some wolves and they were just cutting them open. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. We see some of them go flying when they get shot. It's very, <laughs> it's very over the top. It's like they'd put a block of dynamite in them. Because um, <laughs> then, then money tells everyone their spirit animals. Mm. Oh, yeah. I like how the aristocrat boy who's like oh i'm probably a bookworm ha <laughs> oh yeah and then the guy's like no you're a snake and they're like oh and they're like oh because snakes are wise and i like that because he's he's the character at the end he's the one telling the story right yes yeah so it, it makes sense that he's the sort of you know the wise person who's who's tell- regaling the tale Ben, can you be an author and a bookworm? Because I kind of feel like when you become an author, you should be a bookworm because it's your job to read <laughs> the books and get inspiration. But I like it's your occupation to be an author, and yeah. a bookworm for me feels more like a hobby. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they're being dismissive. That's what I thought. They were just using it. They they knew that. And they were being, they used it on purpose to dismiss him, to mock him. Mm. I think that's a, it's such an important part of the film. I'm so glad that we're spending this time on it. I'd say it's like a worm that's a farmer, a bookworm farmer that grows their own books. What? To, to then eat. Because it's like a bookworm is a worm that eats through books, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing, right? Oh, if you're an author, you write... Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, you're writing books, so you're like a farmer. You're growing your own <laughs> books to eat. But books don't grow from trees. Yes, they do. <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. No, they do, though. Here's the thing. <laughs> uh, ben, talk about Monica Bellucci, the whole introduction with her. Just just go just go through it. <laughs> Monica Bellucci. Well, so, so our protagonist visits a brothel uh, and... Uh, his eye is caught by a mysterious Italian seductress. Uh, they spend some time in bed. He, she cuts him with a knife. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty. Uh, that was pretty. Like, whoa! What the fuck is going on? Oh, oh! It's just like, uh, you know, it's a protection knife. Yes. In case you know she's with someone who's a bit uh, needing of a stab. That's right. And then he draws her. He draws her like one of his French beasts. That's right. One of his Italian girls. Italian spies. And then there's also a bit where everyone's afraid of Marnie's tattoos. Yes. They think he's a sorcerer because he's got snakes all over him. It's like just a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I like how he was like, oh, you mean this snake? And then he pulls his pants and the lady's like, ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. gotta ben, give me some of that snake. <laughs> what did you think of the, um, what did you think of the smash cut, the transition 
between Monica's naked body, right? The camera's slowly panning up her. We get to her breasts, and then the breasts turn into snowy mountains for the next scene. That's right. It's um great use of uh, visual language. Our best use of breasts in a smash cut I think we've seen this year. I think we could say. Yeah. It's pretty good. It went from hot to cold. Um, ah. Went from white to whiter. <laughs> yeah. No, it, 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 it does jump like a couple of months now, doesn't it? Because uh, the beast kills a guy and then takes a young girl hostage, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it chases her down and she hides in, like, a hole where it can't get her. Yeah. And, and this is important because uh, Manny saves her. And and we see that night, uh, Gregory goes to be like, hey, are you all right? Are you okay? Like, it was kind of traumatic. You all right, actually? Or are you not okay? Do you need help? And then she tells us important information that the beast is controlled by a man in a mask. Da, da, da. Well, they have this whole thing with um, he, like, sneaks in to give her medicine to heal her. And then, like, a priest sees it and he's like, oh, my God, he's poisoning her. And then she wakes up and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just racist. Ha ha. I did like that part where all the old French people turned to the camera and went, oh, <laughs> guess I was just being racist again. Yeah. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I'm just going to say these noble elite Frenchmen might be a little racist. Maybe they should have died in the revolution. Maybe it was a good thing. <laughs> oh, it was. strong takes by Sandra. I, mean, I think the revolution should have happened, actually. It did. Oh, it did happen. <laughs> Wait, really? Good news, Sandro. <laughs> anyway, he's going to go back to Paris because uh, the king's beastmaster is coming in to finish off the job. And um, this is a scene that's only in the director's cut for some reason. Not in the theatrical cut, but Zach, what is this scene? And explain to me why you, as a grumpy studio executive, would cut this from the theatrical cut of your movie. <laughs> uh, well, we we see uh, a elite uh gunman come in and he's like oh we're gonna capture this beast and then they go get just a big wolf and he's like oh you uh you got a taxidermy to make it look evil and the guy the main character's like oh no but i'm the main character i have morals <laughs> and he's like ah stuff your <laughs> morals your morals suck um, and so he does it. He taxidermies the thing. And the directors are like, oh, no, the uh, evil guy there is uh, like uh, modern rich people. Um, and so we can't offend them oh. because that's all how they work. Oh. So uh, we're going to cut that because I have rich friends and it might offend them. Whoa, that's why it was cut. Interesting. Because I can't think of another reason. No, it's kind of It seems silly. like a very weird thing to cut. Like, I don't know how... The story progresses if they cut that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, like, I'd I'd have to watch the other film to see how they transition into his downfall because the whole thing is like he starts going on a downward spot. Maybe they just start with the scandal and like they they find drawings of like he's drawn the lady naked, and so the girl's like, "Ah, oh, you drew this other lady naked. I don't want to be with you anymore." Maybe it just cuts to that. Maybe and that's the reason he leaves. But it's like. He he starts going on a downward spiral now because he's like bribed and told to taxidermy this wolf to look like the beast that's killing everyone. But he knows the beast is out there. Yeah. Uh, but he's bribed by them being like, oh, we'll just send you to Africa. There you go, buddy. 
Did we ever find out who found the drawings and the like? Who it was? Because there was that point of view shot of the of someone sneaking around. I think it was meant to be Jean Francois. Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. I think it was meant to be him because we see a POV shot of him later on as well, and it's the the same kind of sound effect of his voice being like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, then she's like, actually, please stay after the truth comes out or something. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to stay and I'm going to hunt the beast. They meet up in a cabin in the woods. And Ben, this is when we see the beast properly. The beast. Yeah, for the first time. A part of me was a little bit disappointed that they actually showed it. Mm. Um because I, I kind of expected that this would be the sort of thing where, you know, it would never be revealed what it is. But but they showed it um, with an hour to go. Yeah. Um, it's also the bit where we see that someone is actually controlling the beast. Yes. What did you think of the visuals of the beast, though? Um, I did think it was a little bit clunky at first. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was... It was Maybe the like the execution was clunky, but I like the design of it. Yes, I agree. Mm. The design, it's like... It's obviously a, just an animal that's it, that, that's been put in some sort of costume, which is pretty obvious for, from the get-go, but I really like that. It almost looks like a predator dog. It's got, like, the predator mask on <laughs> yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. Um, like, skin graft thing around it. Yeah, like a kind of spiky collar mm. sort of thing. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I liked how it, it kind of matched the descriptions that we got earlier in the film hmm. that, like, people were giving it when he sketched it out. Oh, yeah. It sounded like this demonic beast, and then we see it, and we see, as an audience, we know, oh, they thought it was really this, but obviously it's just an animal in armour. Yeah, and he would have gotten away for it too if it wasn't for that n- nosy teens. That I, I messed that quote up. That nosy teens... Oh, the beast gets right up in Marianne's face, but doesn't kill her because mm. she's related to its master. Oh. That's uh, that's clever. I liked that. I didn't catch that, but yeah, it's, it says it later when he returns. Um, it was like, oh, it smelled your like my scent on you. Oh, the same blood. We've got the same blood or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't get that at all. I in that scene, I was wondering why didn't it kill her? That mm. was weird. But now that makes sense actually. Oh, and yeah, Ben, you're right. This is when we see the guy's hand as well. We see the hand Ooh. pat the beast. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a gross hand. Just clean your fingernails, mate. Just give him a bit of a chop. Yeah, when were nail clippers invented? <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, 2002 after people saw this film. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this weird, like, dinosaur dog meeting this odd kind of man. I wrote down a note, which is the Smashing Pumpkins, because uh, they- uh, Smashing Pumpkins. They go out and they shoot a bunch of pumpkins. Oh, yeah. That was a popular band in 2001. One of them gets shot and it, like, releases all this orange goo. Oh, it looked like Tremors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was a bit- It's like, <laughs> what pumpkins goo? It must have been, like, a rotten pumpkin or something? I don't know. It was, it was, it was very silly. Oh, I got the facts wrong. The Smashing Pumpkins were actually disbanded in 2001. Um, so- oh. They came back in 2006, but they went around in 2001, so- Oh, okay. That's a bit of a fact check for you right there. We see a, a dog fighting ring. That was kind of interesting. Big old dog fighting fighting ring where there's some normal dogs and then the big tiger comes out and kills them all it's a lion surely no it's telling the truth anyway it's time to go fight the beast it's the beast versus money yeah they go try and 
make some traps. What did you think when... Because the action scene, it comes... There's obviously more of the movie to go, right, Ben? Yes. So when you were like, oh, Marnie's got the upper hand, were you predicting that he was going to die or was that a surprise for you? I I think it was a surprise because... Well, like, I, I knew that, obviously, it was a, a replica of the scene earlier when he was fighting these people. So I knew that there had to be, like, a flip and I figured that he would get captured or something. I didn't realize they would kill him. And the action as well, because he fights not only the beast, but also a bunch of the Brotherhood. He goes down to their, uh, yeah. their lair. Mm. And the action, it's very... All the goons stand around in a circle waiting for their turn to fight. They don't just, like, overwhelm him, which is silly. I think, to be fair, yeah, it, it, this was the first time I actually felt like that made sense. Because they all have these, like clunky weapons that it would make sense that if they all try and go in on him at the same time they would just end up hitting each other so i kind of i kind of actually get why they do it. <laughs> and he was he was starting to get wrecked like he he was taking blows he was mm. taking scars before they just came in and like oh yeah remember that guns are invented in this world <laughs> remember <laughs> yeah. that firearms exist bang i mean they can't get a clean shot on him while you know and it was only when he was distracted by a woman yeah, it's the same woman. The woman they've seen, like, three times this film. The woman that's clearly a bad guy. Why isn't she dead yet? Why do they keep, like... Like, he specifically saves this woman. What is this woman? She doesn't do anything in this film apart from appear over and over again for them not to kill for some reason. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. I demand answers. Who the fuck is this woman? Why? This woman wasn't even important in the end, though. No, she wasn't, actually. She's just uh, a person in the cult. It it was like a gun on the mantelpiece that they kept showing you that didn't do anything. (laughs) Except have, like, a a seizure at one point. Chekhov's ornamental shotgun. Anyway, he gets shot. He's dead. He flops on the ground dead. And the guy comes over and is like, no! Silent scream! Silent scream. Yeah, my headphones disconnected at that point. So I thought the whole scene was just like silence, but there was actually some music with the screaming. But yes. It's still a silent scream, which is artsy, by the way. Boom, arts film. Done, did it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anything that doesn't, that has uh, music instead of sound, artsy. Oh my God. But, but, but Zach, what did you think of all the slow-mo? Oh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the one who really hates slow-mo on this podcast. That's for sure, right, Sandro? Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, I'm so glad you agree, Sandro. I think they should have added more slow-mo in every shot. So he does an autopsy on Marnie, and he finds a silver bullet, and he's instantly like, oh, that fucking guy, I hate him, actually. I've known it this whole time. I like that it's not explained explicitly to the audience. They just show it for one scene hmm. that it's the silver bullet. Yeah. And it's like, you can figure it out. Uh, so then Gregory goes on a rampage. He uh, he bursts, uh, he sets a barn on fire. He kills heaps and heaps of members of the Brotherhood. Uh, he, he goes to their safe house where they've been printing political propaganda and he just kills them all. Uh, he finds a spooky room. He finds a spooky room. And he doesn't kill that woman again. For fuck's sake, just kill her already. <laughs> and then he gets arrested after that. He like he goes to kill them all, but then he's like, oh wait, it's sun up. I gotta burn my friend's body. And then he does that, and then he gets arrested. Yes. By the priest. So Sylvia, the Italian spy, comes and reveals that she's a spy for the Pope. 
And then she poisons him based on a conversation they had when they were in the brothel. Yeah, and then he uh, dies. Yep. That's it. Yep. End of the movie. <laughs> and that's the end of the film. Wow. That was... <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's he, he dies. And then so the woman that he was courting is very sad. Mm. And then her brother comes to her and reveals that he is the beast master. Yes. With the fucked up hand. And also is really into his sister. Yeah. It goes all Game of Thrones. Well, they were French aristocrats. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But then it's revealed that uh, he didn't die. Yep. Surprise. He crashes a meeting of the Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. And unmasks them all. Oh, I think their masks were already off. They were just in robes, actually. There weren't any masks in that scene. There were masks. What? Actually. No, I don't know what you mean. Um, I don't, I don't, nope, there were, nope, there were no masks to be seen. What was this bloody movie made on a Dan Andrews? <laughs> what? Oh, let's keep this a short one, guys. Let's keep this, keep this nice and short. <laughs> Sandro, what was your reaction to when you found out you were a fucking idiot? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it makes sense, actually. <laughs> the writing was on the wall. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I liked the bit where he was doing the sermon, and then he interrupts the sermon. All right, I like he like does a whole sermon bit, and then fucking points at all of them and names all of them, even though they're under masks. Oh uh, yeah, that was actually kind of funny. That was that was like cool because they of course think he's fucking dead. We thought he was dead. We did, but like those cultists would have been like, holy shit. This fucking guy who was supposed to be dead is now fucking quoting the Lord and fucking naming all of us under our masks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Monica Belushi. Um, We didn't mention she also goes through why the Brotherhood exists. And uh, it was um, like the Pope was like, you guys need to go to France and 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 get people to start believing in God again. Hmm. And they were like, cool, we'll scare him with a wolf. That'll do it. And then the Pope was like, ah, actually, you're all fucking nuts. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. That's fucking insane. What? That's not what I wanted you guys to do at all. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of bad, actually. I just wanted you guys to make people believe in God, not, you know, murder people. You know, he was like, as a Catholic Pope, I can wave aside a lot of stuff and things, but uh, wolf death is the one that I can't stand for. Uh, and so, yeah, then, uh, we have him, like, jumping down and having a pretty cool action scene where he's got, like, two blades. The final confrontation. Mm. Yes, the battle of one big sword versus two little swords. Oh, but it's not just one big sword. It's not it's- one big sword. It's one big sword that also extends in, in into a, like, some kind of a, a chain situation. Like, it's a... Like it's a, a Soul Calibur weapon. Yeah. Whip sword. Uh, and it's definitely not CG. Bone whip sword. <laughs> it's definitely not CG. Um, it- it's a bone whip sword. Hello, a bone whip sword here. <gasps> oh my God, it's the bone whip sword. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Hello. Nice to meet you. Uh, it's me. It's bone whip sword. Bone whip sword. Uh, what was your reaction? <laughs> <laughs> to you appearing on film. Uh, 
I thought that it was uh, fantastic that the, I could have such, finally, mm. such rigorous representation. Now, now, Bone Whip Sword, we heard a lot of uh, various rumours about uh, your part being uh, quite cut, actually, in the editing room. Was it true that you were uh, uh, originally a bigger part of the movie? Yes, initially I was to, to be uh, my contract stated that I was to appear in every frame of the film, oh, uh, whether oh, wow. it pertained to the plot or not. Uh, however, they soon decided that that was stupid <laughs> and unimpressive, yes. uh, and, and that actually would be more impressive if I was only confined to a single showing of my body. Right. I kicked up a big fuss. Oh, you kicked up a fuss, did you? I kicked up a fallabaloo when they discarded my footage Mm. uh, and reshot the entire film, but without me. You break some pillars? Uh, I broke some pillars of their heads, if that's what you mean. You killed the whole cast and crew. However, uh, when I later saw the final version, I had to begrudgingly agree that they had made the right choice and that it mm. actually did make a larger impact yes. when I was just confined to a single fight scene because it made my power more evident. When you say uh, the final cut... Why are you, you imitating do me? Do you mean... <laughs> Sorry. I can't help but mock our guests. Sorry, it's oh just a... Oh my god. It's a problem I'm working on. It's terrible. Um, terrible. When you say that you saw the final cut, do you mean the theatrical version or the, the, the director's cut? Yeah, I don't know. It's all the same these days. Uh, you have to give him some slack. He is a bone whip sword, after all. I am bone whip sword. <laughs> anyway, best be off now. Uh, thank you for coming <laughs> on the podcast, bone whip sword. I'm it's my uh, pleasure. <laughs> oh, you're French now? Well, then what do you think? It was a French film, Sandro. <laughs> my pleasure. Uh, uh, he kills Gregory. Oh, no, he yeah. doesn't. He kills John Francois. Yeah, I was about to say. Whoa, that was a twist. <laughs> Gregory kills. He sees the bone whip sword and is like, nap, and just yeets himself. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. The bone whip sword gets stuck on a blade, and so he, like, retracts it, and the blade just flings into his chest. And I'm like, wow, that was, yeah. that was dumb. So, yeah, he's dead. Uh, Sardis, who's the priest, the big bad guy behind all this stuff, uh, he flees, but then gets eaten by wolves. Yum, yum. Uh, like the absolute uh, mad lad that he is, he absolutely deserved to be eaten by wolves. Yeah, he gets the, the, the like, comeuppance off screen or, like... No, it's on screen. We see him getting eaten. Um, But, like, yeah, it's that sort of, like, villain comeuppance where you th- he, like, gets away but doesn't get away in the end. Very cliche sort of thing. Uh, and then he gives some of uh, Marnie's remedy, the thing that we saw him give to the young girl at the hour point-ish of the movie. Uh, he gives some of that to Marianne because uh, she's dying and then she wakes up and then they disappear. They disappear. We cut to Marquis. He's an old man about to be executed uh, by a, a mob of the revolution. Mm. And he's like, I never did see them again. Never did see them. My last memory was when Gregory went down into the cave with me and we mercy killed the beast when we realized that it was actually a tiger in a costume. It wasn't it just a really angry dog? Oh, yeah. It was just a really angry dash out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big poodle. Big poodle. And then, uh, yeah, he gets executed by the mob and uh, Georgie 
and Marianne sail away on a ship, probably, or they both died. We don't know. They sail away because they were both dead, but then somehow the spirit of the wolf kept them alive. Or something. That is the Brotherhood of the Wolf. Look, it's very silly, but it's also a lot of fun, and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's probably too long. Thinking about it, that whole middle section where... She's like, oh my god, I can't believe you've been sleeping with that other person and drawing pictures. That could have all been cut, probably. That wasn't really necessary. And maybe some of like the costume dinner party stuff dragged a little bit. But uh, I thought I, I still rather enjoyed this. It's not a great movie. I don't think it's amazing. I don't think it's one of the best things we've done this year. But I do think that it's better than a lot of the garbage we've done this year. So I'm going to give it a goodie, personally. How about you, Ben? I don't, I don't know. I think it was a, a not that oldie and not that goodie. Mm. Right, but you could only say one of them. <laughs> you fools! Oh, no. You have uh, unleashed the monster of the busting your podcast's name again. <laughs> oh, no, not oh, again. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> You fools! The biggest fool mistake you made was naming your podcast that in the first place. Because you set up a false dichotomy. (laughs) And also did not participate in your own naming scheme conventions by partaking in films that are actually not that old. Again, I've explained the logic, Ben. In years to come, it will they will become oldies, and therefore we will become... You fool! <laughs> Bone Whipsaw, no! No, no, Bone Whipsaw's back, and he hates our name of the podcast. Oh, did someone say call my name? Quick, Bone Whipsaw, is this movie an oldie or a goodie? Uh, I'm just a weapon. <laughs> oh, that's oh, fair. I forgot you oh, yeah, you don't have opinions on movies because you're a weapon. Yeah. Damn it! Yeah. Oh, that's um, I think out if I'm forced to choose one of the two, I'd say Goody. Ah, oh, Goody. Um, like I'd give it, I've, I, I'd give it a th- you know a vague thumbs up. A vague thumbs up? How would you give it a vague thumbs up? You wouldn't really see it. Yeah, I'm like, like a, eh, like a floppy hand, like eh, whatever, you know. It's like eh. But it's a, but it's a, it's on the good side. It's on the good side mm. of history. Hey, hey, Sandro. I actually thought this was a very good film. Well, I, I'm going to give this one a goodie. Definitely a goodie for me. I quite enjoyed it. It was very long, though. It, yeah. It could have been cut, but I don't know, like, what should be cut. Ah, uh, three goodies there for Brotherhood of the Wolf. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, it's Julie and KB. From Elvis Lives, a conspiracy theory podcast. What do we talk about, Julie? Conspiracies. No way. What kind do we talk about? Celebrities. Government. Time travel. Tune in every Monday. What day? Monday. What was it? Monday. Oh, Monday. Monday for your fill of conspiracy theories.
And now we're going to come up with a sequel to it, because there aren't any sequels to Brotherhood of the Wolf. Technically not true. Les Miserables uh, could be considered a sequel. Okay, all right. It's time to come up with a crossover then between Brotherhood of the Wolf and another random film from the podcast. Random Number Generator is going to give me an episode number crossover between this film and the the movie we did on that episode. Uh, The number is 117. Mm. More recent. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> uh, it's called The Barbarians. Ben, have you seen The Barbarians? I don't believe so. Oh, The Barbarians. Wait, is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, it's the what? It's like the Conan ripoff starring those two brothers who are like bodybuilders. Two wrestlers. Oh my God, that was so dumb. What was that about? They went off to kill a priest, an evil priest man? Yeah, they're, they're going off to slay some sort of sorcerer or some crap. So, that's actually a pretty easy crossover. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because we just have the two barbarians, two bodybuilders, wrestlers that can't act, go off to murder the, the beast. Oh, so it's like a it's like a sidequel. It takes place during Brotherhood of the Wolf, but it's just these two brothers constantly messing stuff up. Mm. And we see that some of the stuff that goes wrong in Brotherhood of the Wolf wasn't actually because the bad guys were smart. It was because these guys kept messing stuff up. <laughs> and then they get murdered horribly. Yeah, at the very end. <laughs> because they have to fail, right? Oh, one of the brothers was really dumb from memory. It was like the smart one and then the dumb one who kept making jokes and stuff. And, uh, mm. oh, I, I, I don't want that. Do they speak French or is this in English? <laughs> this, this is fully in English and has a French dubbing. Oh, but you know who's the main, like, one of the main characters? The third barbarian brother. Oh. It's Bone Whip Sword. <laughs> Did someone call for me again? Yes. Yeah, we got a new movie uh, for you to be in. Uh, this time, you can actually be in every frame of the movie. Well, well, that appeals to me. Eh? Oh, <laughs> however, where are you from? <laughs> uh, I am not from here. Okay, oh, that, checks. Right. that makes sense. From uh, a d- distant land. Uh, why? Why wouldn't I be in the every frame of the of the film? Well, because I've my mind's changed now. Oh. Uh, I, I, I've seen the film that I was going to be in every frame of and then they didn't put me in every frame of it and then I saw it like that with not me in every frame and just confined to one scene wow. mm. and then I thought that that was better actually so let's not try it again that's very open to be able to you know change your mind uh, look I, that's why they call me Bone Whipsword oh that's why they call you that we could just have you on the mantelpiece at one point Bone Whipsword alright that way uh, p- people know that you're coming up later up in the film or do you want to direct it actually you know sometimes Sometimes actors don't love being actors and they want to instead get behind the camera. Are you more interested in... Because, like, if you want to direct this movie, uh, you can, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, yes, 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 I'll take it. It's a gig. Who would you say uh, your your top directors are, Mr. Bone Whip Sword? Um, I quite like Rip Torn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because that's what I do. Yep. Uh, I suppose... Oh, you asked for directors, not actors. Yes, no. Uh, directors, yes. Because I would have also said Jeremy Iron. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and Metal Williams. Metal Williams? <laughs> oh. Yes. But in terms of uh, in terms of direct, oh, I also like the film Blade. <laughs> you like Blade? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's a good film. That's a good film. I like the film Blade. Um, I also like the film 
uh, the sword in the stone, uh, particularly the bit where they take it out of the stone. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a hot and heavy scene for you, wouldn't it? Yes, yes, it's too too much, too much uh, in it being in a stone for my like. It was a terrifying film until they took it out of the stone. <laughs> yeah, it was a horror film. It was, it was. Um, um, director, directors, directors. I quite like, uh, I quite like the director Alfred. Whipsword. Oh, yes, oh. Alfred Whipsword, yes. Yes, and um, Martin Whipsword. <laughs> I think you were just mentioning your family members. Yes, my my relatives are all my favourite directors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. you got to support family, you know. Yes, Federico Whipsword. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, he, he, he kind of peaked in the 90s. I think he peaked in the 50s, personally, but anyway. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's, wow, savage. Oh, yeah, because you are immortal, because you're a sword. I am a bone whip sword. <laughs> yeah. You can't even rust, because you're a bone sword. No, just take me out of a stone. Don't put me out of a stone. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're getting quite senile in your old age, and you just kind of randomly talk about <laughs> I'm. My name is Burn Whipsaw. All right. Yeah. Great. All right. I'm kind of done. <laughs> let's, hey, do, let's do some reviews. What, what did you feel when Ben started doing that bit? I thought it was what pretty funny, but now I'm like, okay, it's kind of run its course. Oh no! Just like James Station, isn't it? Hello, I'm here too. Oh, don't bring back James Station. All right. I'm James Station. It's time. For raving reviews. It's the part of the show where I go to Rotten Tomatoes to get the best reviews, which of course come from the audience because the critics are always, always wrong. Mm. Blah! (laughs) (laughs) So the way this works is because Sandro and Ben are both here. Blah, 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 blah. Thanks, Bone Whips and Bone Whipsword. Sorry, how could I forget you? No, that's me. I'm doing those noises. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought that. I thought that was Bone Whipsword. Um, blah 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 blah. Because <laughs> um, they're both here, this will be a little bit, little bit of a battle off, uh-huh. uh, where you guys have to guess the scores of each of the reviews. I'll give you the review. You have to guess the scores. The scores go from zero point five to five. Uh, one of these reviews. I wrote. <laughs> wow. Andy says bonkers, slightly confusing, and very long French romantic werewolf period drama martial arts movie. It's different. Um, I need a bit of a crucial information. When you say at yep. the end, it's different, is there an ellipsis after the it's and between and, and before different, or it, or is it no punctuation? There is punctuation. There's a... IT comma S space different explanation mark. Oh exclamation Oh wow. Okay, that that does change things. Yeah. That really changes things cuz I thought, you know, that it's a di- there's a difference between saying it's and by the way that's an apostrophe not a comma. Um <laughs> Oh uh, sorry, yes. <laughs> Um, Romando. Fucking Sassy Ben. <laughs> God damn it. I'm so sorry. Why do um, we keep inviting this guy on the show? <laughs> sassy Ben. It's different. It's it's dot 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 different is different to <laughs> it's different exclamation mark. Um, I I think this person has given it a, a, a four. 
out of five. All right, a four from the Benjamin or the Bone Whip Sword really depends on who you ask. I'm going to say this is a three out of five. Yeah, three. Very good, very Mm. good. Well, the answer is 3.5. So it gives you both the closest, you both get a point. Oh, we're doing closest wins, are we? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm doing it now so we don't have the convoluted question later on. (laughs) Um, We have Jay, who says, The best worst French film ever made. Mm. Whoa. I found it hugely entertaining and surprisingly watchable. Still better than some of the crap being made today. I mean, then it probably would be a three because it's like a positive review, but as low as a positive review can be because it's still a bad film, you know. I'm going to go four because I think this person is so positive about it and it's, you know, they might be the type of person to positively rate bad films even if they enjoy them. Mm. That's a bold statement right there. Very good. I don't know. I think the statement has hair, actually. I don't know why you keep saying it. It's bald. (laughs) Wow. Comedy. I get it. It was a joke. All right. It's actually four out of five. So Ben gets the point. Hell yeah. Or Bone Sword, whoever's playing at the moment. No, it's me. It's Ben. Okay. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, Dustin says, this movie tells you what's up in the first five minutes. Then it progressively gets better. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, what a twist. This movie tells you what's going on, and then it gets better. No, I, I, I think I, it's not tells you what's going on. It tells you what's up. It like it shows you what what it's made of. I know this is a dumb review. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I cannot believe you're insulting the integrity of the Rotten Tomatoes audience reviews. I'm gonna go five stars. Oh. Ooh, five out of five. Very bold. Oh my god. Well, you've left that four wide open, and I'm just gonna snatch it on up. Yum yum yum. I'll take the four, please. Uh yeah, because it's five out of five. Oh. That's why he's leaving the four open, because it's it's clearly five out of five. Really? Wow. Yeah, idiot. Ben gets another point. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel, Sandro, when you learned it was five out of five? What was your reaction when you lost yet another point? I was like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, was, I, I stopped caring 20 episodes ago. Oh, no. I've been phoning it in since then. <laughs> I'm so done with 2001. Anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of done with uh, 2001, Jonathan says, I guess I'm just used to main characters. Just living in modern movies. What? Glad to see a movie with stakes for once. Oh, I think Unlike modern rubbish. Whoa. Rip Karate Native American. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, and uh, Ben, in the I'm, there's a comma. So there you go. That's an apostrophe. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're saying that there's actually a comma. That would change the whole Um, (laughs) I think it's probably pretty positive they like that characters can die and that there's stakes but that wasn't a gushing review so i'm gonna say four again i'm gonna go for that four again i'm gonna say three and a half it's four out of five gets the point we're eating tonight kids (laughs) (laughs) eating points tonight yeah, no, if you go if you go to um to any supermarket in Australia and say, Hey, look how many points I got on Raven reviews today, they'll just give you free food <laughs> based off how many points you got. 
everyone should go do it now and let us know what happens. Well, they don't have any points on Rotten Reviews, so they wouldn't get anything. Oh, uh, no, They'd they don't. Like, what the fuck are you talking uh, about? If you, you know? subscribe to our premium bonus episodes, though, you do get points. Yeah, yeah, you get points on the Patreon. <laughs> uh, Austin says, stay away from the director's cut. Oh. Yeah. Austin, you're an idiot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine... Not watching the director's cut. Why would you not watch the version that the director wants you to watch? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say two stars. Two, no, two and a half. Two and a half. Oh, two and a half. Raising it up. Why Why do you add that little point five there, Ben? Just gut. Oh. All right. Uh, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say 3.5 because uh, Austin never mentions the quality of the movie. Just says <laughs> to not watch the director's cut. So he probably still liked it. I assume he's seen it twice. He's seen the original and the director's, you know. That would make sense for a smart person to, you know, go and watch both the films before leaving a review like this one. Yes. Uh, but this is Rotten Tomatoes, so it's actually two out of five. <laughs> hey, whoa! Don't trust your gut, Ben, but you still get the point. I still was closest, so... Yeah, you were still closest. And finally, this one won't be worth double points because there is a bonus point, I just remembered. <laughs> uh, the final one uh, is by Bob. Bob says ninja pirates dot with monster dot. Dot what? Uh, like the full stop, you know. Yeah, but what, what, wib monster? No, with monster. A with monster. With monster. Oh, hello, I'm a wib monster. Hey. Getting bone, bone whip sword in to murder <laughs> these stupid <laughs> monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Short episode, Sandro. Short episode. Um... I uh, I don't fucking they weren't pirates. Shut the fuck up, um, <laughs> Bob. No, they were ninja pirates. He clearly they weren't even ninjas. That. They were Native American and French people. <laughs> they did martial arts, and there was one scene on a ship. <laughs> True, there was a scene on the ship. Yeah, and there wasn't even really a monster because it turns out to just be a trained animal, right? So he's also wrong on that. everything in this review is incorrect. Yeah, every single fact in this review is incorrect. Uh, but. I, it's still probably a four out of five. Oof. Yep. Okay. Very good. Very good. I'm going to go three. Ooh. Well, it's actually 4.5. Oh, I get a point. There you go. So Sandra gets a point. Wow. Well, before we go into guessing which review Zach wrote, uh, I'm on three. Ben's on four, which means Ben gets to pick first, I guess. That's a new rule that I just invented. I'm going to go. Um, I'm surprised to see a main character dying. I don't know who, whatever that one was. Rip Native American. Yeah, Jonathan. I guess I'm just used to the main characters uh, surviving. Uh, I'm, uh, but it's either the Web Monster one or that first one. Yeah, the first one was. I, I was also thinking that one as well. The best romantic, like all of the genres that it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Bonk is slightly confusing and very long. For- French romantic werewolf period drama martial arts movie. I feel like it's that one as well. I think it might be that, but what's making me not think it's that is because you said slightly confusing, and um, oh yeah, uh, you would never admit that a movie confused you. So <laughs> I'm going to say it's the Wib Monster one. <laughs> okay, well, Sandro, you're wrong on both accounts. You're dumb and stupid. Unlike Ben, who's a genius and picked my one. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's right, Ben. (laughs) 
Oh, Ben's eating tonight, kids. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. He's, he's going to Woolworths straight after this. Let's go. I won this little fucking segment on this podcast. Wow. Congratulations there to Mr. Ben Volchuk for winning the point feud. Ben, go ahead and plug your stuff. Let us know where we can bloody find you on the interwebs. You can find me on my website, benvolchuk.com. What was that.com? Um, there's a webmonster.com? Ben Volchok. Oh. Ben Volchok.com. You're saying Ben Volchok, but what I'm hearing is webmonster.com. Ben Volchok.com? B- Bonewhipsword.com. Oh, Bonewhipsword. It's got links to um, some of my podcasts and some of my writing and videos and things like that. Yeah, you can find me on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I've actually uh, uninstalled TikTok because mm. uh, it was... It was becoming uh, a little bit overwhelming uh, and addictive and banal, to be honest. When so, I used that for five minutes, you were my favorite TikTok creator. <laughs> ah, well, thank you very much. Um, uh, maybe I'll return someday. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> at this point, it is contributing uh, more harm than good to my brain. So I've uninstalled it, but you can still <laughs> you can still find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, links to that in the episode description. Uh, we're on all the things as well. Not TikTok. Maybe next year we, we should probably get on that and try and grow the show a Why bit not? more on TikTok. Film I guess. your episodes. No, no one wants to see Zach. Um, woof. <laughs> 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 Film your episodes and then pixelate Zach. <laughs> oh, okay. pre- just pixelate all the hosts it's for no reason. Could be pretty funny. That's pretty savage. Now, you, you can probably look at Zach when Zach streams on Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, I'm on there too. Sometimes I stream. Probably not this week, though, because I'm busy with Shakespeare Aliens at Melbourne Fringe. Come see it. Directed by Rob. Uh, Danny McGinley, who was on the racist Irish episode that we did. He He's in the show. Uh, you've heard ads for it over the last like month on the podcast. So, uh, come see that, say hi. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that's in the Melbourne French. Um, and then we're on all the other things, oldie, but a goodie pod on everything, including email address. If you want to yell at us for being rude to the French, patreon.com forward slash oldie buddy goodie pod we'll talk more about that next week but maybe moving somewhere else soon but there is going to be a spooky bonus battle not bonus battle a spooky bonus episode uh next wednesday i think on the others with nicole kidman ben have you seen the others uh no but i've seen some of her other films apparently it's pretty good i'm excited to check that one out what else have you got coming up Next week, choose your film. Oh, 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 shit. Yeah, we need to choose a film for next week. Fuck. Oh, it's almost episode 200 as well. We really should plan something for that. Mm, we should really organize something for that. Maybe we just do something scary. I don't know. Mm, something real spooky. Anyway, Zach, you, you got to pick next week's movie and maybe get help from um, Bone Whip Whipsaw if you want. I hope I never see Bone Whipsaw ever fucking get. All right, your options for films that came out next year in 2001 are... From hell. Well, uh, why don't you choose some that are from Earth? (laughs) (laughs) You know how they say, never meet your heroes? That's how I feel about Bone Whipsword. (laughs) That wasn't Bone Whipsword, that was me. Uh, It is a period slasher movie about Jack the Ripper. Uh, Johnny Depp, I think, is like investigating the Jack the Ripper murders or something. And it's like a slasher, but set in the old days. I am am kind of hungry for a bit of slasher. And it is the spooky month. 
It is a spooky movie. Spooky movie in the spooky month. Uh, you've got The Grey Zone, which we have mentioned previously on the show because it's the same director as O. Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. Um, but this one might be good. It's a World War II film about uh, the Jewish prisoners who were made to kind of help the guards um, at the at the camps. Uh, it stars David mm. Arquette. It stars Steve Buscemi. Apparently, it's better than O, but also probably a little bit sad and not good for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to take that risk. So, pass. The Last Castle, about a US Army general who is then sent to prison, and he then tries- I just want to interrupt, sorry, and just say that my phone is currently on 69% battery. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> God, this is why we get you on the show, Ben. These <laughs> no worries. funny jokes. Sorry, keep going. Oh my God, mine's on 68. That's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, the Last Castle, about a US Army guy who's sent to prison. I think it's Robert Redford. Uh, he then challenges the prison commandant over how he treats the prisoners so it's like uh oh my goodness i hate all this and i'm gonna fix the prisons and i'm an army guy and it could be good actually during the movie does the army general look down and he's holding a phone and it's on 65 <laughs> yeah that happens halfway through the movie <laughs> oh nice uh i'm gonna pass because that sounds like a terrible fucking gag how about riding in the car with boys what It's a biopic about a woman who overcame many difficult things to get a master's degree. She's played by Drew Barrymore. We love her on the show. We love Drew Barrymore. Okay. Uh, Riding in the Car with Boys is a great film title. Riding in Cars. (laughs) Oh, Riding in Cars. Oh, yeah, not the car. Riding in Cars with Boys. Oh, it's directed by Penny Marshall, uh, who I think we did. We've done a movie that she directed previously. Renaissance Man, that's it. Renaissance Man, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Renaissance Man was pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, and then your final option is Waking Life, which is an experimental animated movie about a young man who wanders through different dreamlike realities and has insightful conversations. That's a Richard Linklater film. Yeah. That's the sort of movie that Ben would prefer to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, probably. I really like that film. Yeah, but we've already done a lot of animated films. We have this year, actually. I'm going to choose From Hell because this is a spooky month. We're going to do spooky. Boom. Done. Oh, sorry. I should consult Boneweb Sword. What do you think? Uh, which one has a sword in it? Castle. That one. That one. I think From Hell is a slasher, which usually means a sharp object is killing people. Oh, yes. True. Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, so it's a tie between the, the slash. And the castle. All right, that, that's the episode. Uh, thanks for joining us, Ben. What's your favorite quote? End us. <laughs> End us. <laughs> I'm Burn Whipsaw. <laughs> oh, no. Burn Whipsaw, no. That's my favorite quote. My favorite quote is, hello and welcome to Metro Trains. We thank you for riding the line today. <laughs> uh, the beast has struck near St. Albans. Ah. Yes. I love that announcement on the train. I'm like, oh, thank God that wasn't me. Doo-doo. Uh, I actually liked the line where he's talking with the girl and he's like, oh, I'm in love with a girl. And she's like, how come? We've only just met. And he's like, oh, she thought I was talking about you. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, savage. Got her. Got him. Oh, uh, wait. That's not my favorite quote. My favorite quote is whip monster. Whip monster. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Coming soon to ABC for Kids, Web Monster, the new animated Teletubbies ripoff by Ben and Sandro. Weeb, 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 weeb. I'm Bone Whipsword. Oh. Bone com- coming to, to a, a screen, <sighs> the combination of Bone Whipsword and the Whip Monster with Bone Whip Sword. Whip, 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 <laughs> I'm Bone Whipsword. Now, Sandro, how did you feel when you heard about Bone Whipsword and Whip Monster teaming up together? 